and welcome to episode 379 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And did you know he once body doubled for Lorenzo Lamas for the TV show Renegade? But we know him as Tony Esmond. I used to have that barnet, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. Long yeah. and luscious. Yeah, like a brown waterfall. That's I've never not, watched an episode that's of that. Not, you've never watched Renegade? No, I haven't either. Yeah. I've seen the pictures of him in it. That really yeah. surprises me that neither of you have watched that. Too busy getting off with girls, aren't we? Considering some of the stuff that you watch. <laughs> Mate, I've been fucking watching Knight Rider from the start this week. Oh, one of the best theme tunes ever. Yeah. I've been top watching The Fall Guy. That's got a good theme tune. Uh, that's right. another good theme tune. Uh, my, my jam at the moment is the theme tune to Magnum P.I. Don't get better yeah. than that. It doesn't. That's one of my favourite series as a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Don't eat uh, the snow in Hawaii. Don't eat uh, the snow in Honolulu was the book that came out before that. And my dad bought me it, and it's quite a saucy yeah, detective yeah. book. And as we all know, you know, to know, never mind this fucking Marvel versus DC multiverses. Back in the day, Jessica Fletcher crossed over with Magnum. Yes, Murder She yeah. Wrote and Magnum had a crossover. So why is anyone else bothering? There's no point. I, pro- I probably would have done. There's no point. What Magnum? Who, who wouldn't? Anyway, thank you for so, joining wait a us. This nuns don't work on a Sunday. <laughs> That's Skins a classic scene. <laughs> that is classic scene. The nun up a ladder with a machine like gun. Goes, it's a picture of Tom Selleck next to his fro, and he's wearing these ridiculous length shorts. And he goes, uh, "I hate to upset men out there, but this is the proper length of shorts." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! From from Magnums to comics. Yes, thank you for joining us this week, folks. We've got a fun show for you, as always. Um, we're here to entertain and probably rant about some things, but we've also got a brilliant interview on the way to you. In the, in the, yes. in the well, form... Well, brilliant. Our interviewing techniques... Oh, yeah, our interviews, rubbish, as, yeah. as always, like we're terribly unprofessional, <laughs> but we have a great guest on. Yeah. Yes. Comic creator Randy Stone joins us to talk about some of his awesome comics, which are positive comics... That make that make you want to read more and just believe in superheroes. Fancy that! It's such a strange notion that uh, you're you're definitely going to be uh, signed up for his work after this. So we we won't bore you too much, and and to, you know we'll get you straight to that interview straight away. But there's something else we have got to do first. And then what's the thing we always do around this time? We uh, give a massive shout out to our host Comic House. Oh That's yes, our lovely sponsors, like a well-oiled machine. This show, see. <laughs> Don't say anything, Tony. Just because yeah. I, I mentioned oil. Well oiled. Aren't we all? Yes. I've just sent you a good picture, though. Yeah, no, I'm that. not looking at that when um, I'm trying to do this. <laughs> <laughs> because right now I have to thank our lovely sponsors, Comic House. Yes, the indie comic marketplace with a difference. And the difference being that they love indie comics just as much as we do. And you do. Because that's why you're probably listening to this show. And to probably listen to us like make absolute fools of ourselves. But if you go to ComicHouse.com, yes. you see that there's a huge selection of titles on their database. Um, comics being added there all the time. And also, if you self-publish, you can add that, add your work to their database. It's another avenue to get your work out there to fresh, <laughs> fresh new audience and start selling straight away. They also have an app, which is brilliant. Um, it's mm. a subscription service, basically like Netflix for comics, only £3 a month. And you get access to an enormous library that's being added to you all the time. Such as Dan, what's on there at the moment? 
Well, following on from uh, Samantha Fox the World, Volume 1, Issue 0, last week, I thought I'd delve into the publisher Tripolis Comics and what, other, what else they've got on Comic House. And we've got Blender, Volume 1, uh, The Day of the Robots, Volume 1, The Last Arrival, Issue 1 to 3. Uh, Blender looks really nice, so let's take a look at that. Blender is a pulpy horror drama comedy with hints of Satanism and surrealism. Oh. Breaking bad, but with horror and religious elements. There we go. So that, that looks pretty good. That looks pretty good. Another Sunday, yeah, just another Sunday. Yeah, yeah, you know it. (laughs) Satanism and Breaking Bad. Yeah, I should start rewatch that again. Love the show. Anyway, um, Satanism. Yeah, yeah, love that. That and Gardener's World. But you can find all of that and more on the Comic House app. So to find out more, start your 14 day free trial and just start reading any comics like we do. Then go to comichouse.com and thank you to them as always for sponsoring this unprofessional uh, couple of hours of us rambling at each other mm-hmm. um, which we love Too to try. do every week and uh, we, we'll, we'll, we've we'll got some ranting and raving I think to, uh, something we may talk about after the interview that, that Tony might have prepped but, oh we've got that we've got another yeah well thing. we'll yeah, see okay. oh, e, oh, ah, oh what's that well you'll have to find out wait till after a little the interview because right now you've got something really cool to listen to instead of us rambling yes here's our interview with randy stone tonight's guest has either written drawn inked or lettered various comics including projects for scout comics and O'Connor. Through Alterist Comics, he's uh, published Bullet, The Sensational Swan, The Crime Haze Anthology, and his collection of shorts, Death and Comics. Please allow me to introduce to the show, Randy Stone. Hello, Randy. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on, man. Pleasure. That's a cracking name you got, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's my alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a sort of 80s action star, which I like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it would be John. They're all called John, as we know. Yeah, John Stone. John yeah. Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe that he was John Matrix in Commando. Whenever I hear he that, tied, name, he tied to the bank, wouldn't he? Yeah. Oh God, don't start that. I actually just heard about a locally filmed uh, old show. Uh, the main character was called Constable John Constable. The <laughs> 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 Mounty. That just. That just <laughs> I don't know. It was from the eighties, so I was still a kid. I don't think I ever watched it. Oh, okay. Let's look it up. Constable John Constable. Why do I feel yeah. like I know? I've heard that somewhere recently. I don't know why. Well, in the Carry On movies, the constable in that was called Constable Constable. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, God, we've already started on reference. Black and, and white movie reference for you there. And, and yeah. also we've got into the Carry On talk and we haven't even got... <laughs> Do uh, you have but... the Carry On movies in Canada, Randy? I'm not familiar. Oh, good. Uh, well, well, well good, good. You've stopped that conversation <laughs> dead. Thank you. Is it like Carry On baggage or Carry On like old meat? Like, no, it's a bit worse than that. I'll send you some links. No, no don't, 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 don't. It's a series of comedy in inverted commas British films in the 1950s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. I'm not going to say they're dated, but they're dated. But, <laughs> but what doesn't date is making comics. And the, and this week we've got another international guest. Yeah, because that's us. from Canada, how many Canadian? Guests have we had, gents? We had uh, Mr. Sparrow on, didn't we? We had a few yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, a few, yeah. Yeah. Racking them up. But, Randy, you're from uh, the west side of Canada, I believe. British Columbia, is yeah, that correct? just off the coast. Uh, the biggest city around here is Vancouver. I'm in a suburb called Surrey. Ah, okay. Oh, oh cool. nice. What's the comic scene like out there? 
I've got a few friends, you know, uh, some fellow creators that we get together once in a while. I'm not really a part of a scene. I know there's more to it than what I'm involved mm. with. There's a comic jam probably still going on. I know years ago that we're, they were doing it every week, I think. Oh, wow. A little pub that they go to and pass a piece of paper around that each person takes turns drawing a panel and kind of continue on the story. Um, but yeah, I'm not really too involved in a scene. Just a couple friends that I hang out with. And, ah, fair enough. Yeah. It's kind of like, I was going to say, like the, I always envision Canada is absolutely massive and your nearest neighbors miles and miles away. I presume that's not the case in me being, that's me being uh, ignorant. Yeah, some areas would definitely yeah. be more like that, but here it's pretty dense. Uh, okay, that's not too bad. It's weird because like I live in a dense place and I couldn't tell you, I ain't got a comic loving friend for miles. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's the nice thing about the internet too. It kind of broke that all down. Like I didn't really yeah. have anybody to talk about comics with growing up, let alone creators. Hmm. And then finally in like 1999, 2000 kind of thing, being exposed to all these other people with the same passions and we so, could make books together just through email and whatever right how did yeah. you sort of get into how did you discover comics and then think right i can do this i can make comics. you were a fan to start with yeah yeah for sure when i was a kid uh like 30 plus years ago i found marvel universe trading cards at a 7-eleven i think um and that just hooked me all these characters they were just so incredible and that lit the passion for the books uh, gone to Jim Lee X-Men, that kind of thing. Mm. Around that time, then, trading uh, cards were great, weren't they? Yeah, yeah I've still got yeah. folders yeah. full of them now, yeah. Mm. yeah. Exactly. I still have binders with all the sleeves, and you know, each one has nine cards. And yeah. I got two young kids, so a couple of years ago, I brought them out for them and kind of got them hooked. Um, you I've didn't let them touch them, though, did you? If they, if they damaged them, you'd have, they'd have to pay, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they'll pay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one series, and they had the... the Hildebrand Brothers doing some of the yes. art, and as a yeah. kid, I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" For sure, yeah. <laughs> I thought this is the closest we're going to see to superheroes on the screen, and hmm. how wrong was really? I? So you, you, you <laughs> Ross too had that realistic oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 So you started with trading cards, and then moved into comics that way. Yeah, pretty much. I think I probably owned a couple like Transformers. I know the first, the earliest comic I remember was called The Last Starfighter. It was a movie adaptation, oh, okay. yeah. issue three. Classic. Like so, I had that. But it wasn't like I was into comics. I watched Spider-Man and his amazing friends when I was little. Um, but yeah, it was the characters from those cards that just hooked me. And then I became like a Marvel zombie. I never got into DC, really. Um, and I always drew, I guess. So I did have one friend when I was young that he was more of a writer. And we kind of made our own stories together. Oh, nice. Uh, and then, yeah, just continued from there. Do you was, uh, was it a sort of comic shop thing going on where you lived? Did you have a local one or...? There was for a short time when I got into it. <clears throat> I was mainly just at like Seven uh, Elevens corner store kind of right. stuff. And then there was uh, when I was through, through high school, there was a bookstore that carried comics. The guy there, he was more into just these secondhand novels and whatnot. But he did have a large comic selection. That's where I had my pull list growing up. Oh, nice one. This is, the, I mean, this is me not knowing how the world has evolved. What is the deal with like um, newsstand comics in like North America and stuff now? It's like Seven Elevens because you hear so many people like the, the spinner racks and just in, in the local stores and stuff. Is that still a yeah. is that still a thing? I don't think so. Unfortunately, I wish it was. Like that's mm, yeah. that's the gateway for probably all of us in this generation that yeah. we we picked up there. You get some Archie digests at the checkout sometimes, yeah. and I think that's why Archie see, like, is still a it's still a big seller, isn't it? Archie, that's still yeah doing gangbusters i yeah. did see one in my local supermarket it picked up it's like a marvel trade and it was 
half of it was like a kind of uh, a ghostwriter thing and the rest of it was this reprints from the 1960s and stuff and they wanted like 10 pounds for it i was like it's a bit overpriced that for yeah. half of it. it's like for you get all that in double h smith still don't you, mm. you know, yeah you get all those same kind of stuff re- reprints mm. yeah yeah the weird selection too because that's not really the first thing you'd think about cooking somebody on a yeah. ghostwriter story i yeah. think it's yeah. just literally because of the time of year it, like maybe a oh, bit okay. earlier in october the skull on the front and yeah trying to get people into uh halloween stuff yeah i yeah. can totally see the sort of um the marvel effect though with with your comics because one, one thing I, I like about your work is the the positivity and like mm. like the energy to it you know there's yeah. there's so many times you know, we've spoke about it on the show. There's only so many sort of like grim, gritty Batman vigilante. You know, when everything's yeah. dark and grey, and uh, everything feels so awful. But there's a real sort of energy and positivity to the stories that that you create. Was that something like that you discovered in those books? Like, for, like for instance, a Spider Man. There's nothing more spo- positive than what Spider Man. Well, I don't know what Spider Man's like now, but you know, there's right. an energy to those sort of stories. Is are those the sort? Those are sort of like tales that you you sort of lean towards that's 100 percent what i'm going for especially with bullet and bullet adventures mm. um just that classic superhero stuff colorful not ashamed of being in a costume fighting yeah. crime because that's what heroes do yeah um I, I put out a lot of maybe mature stuff horror and crime and whatever in my first few books that i did and i've got two young boys <clears throat> so i wouldn't say it's just for them but I definitely wanted to put out some books that they could read for once because gotcha. yeah. I got these all horror things hidden from them. You know, very careful about showing them what I what I put out earlier. But so yeah, Bullet is a response to what I enjoyed as a kid, what I still enjoy. Like it's mm. just a fun genre. Yeah. And then also something that I can share with my boys and, you know, have them tie a towel around their neck and pretend to be a hero. And you know, if it's my character, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. You did uh, mention, I think, in the front of one of your books, you got your, your sons involved in doing a bit of comic book creation themselves. Was it Inkin? How, how did yeah, that, that was a about? short story in Death and Comics. They were just doing some star splatter and uh, fingerprints. Oh, no, that's great. Yeah. It was barely involved, but it was fun. Yeah. Look, baby steps, as it were. Get him involved. Yeah, exactly. you know, they'll, they'll be producing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he'll, he'll be working them to the to the grindstone. <laughs> don't pay them. Pa- pa- don't pay them. <laughs> I think we mentioned before, like, this, the, the constant postmodern deconstruction of superheroes uh so it's like at some point can we just have straight superheroes please yeah this this and, and bullet delivers yeah yeah so, so what kind of like creators and or titles kind of influenced your kind of approach to to how you went about writing bullet uh, i don't know if i really leaned on anybody's work in particular just the general feeling yeah um bullet's an interesting one because i wrote the first draft of that must have been like 12 or 13 years ago. And I tried pitching around to companies at the time and it didn't really go anywhere. Um, so I shelved it for almost a decade. I came across Jordan Alseca on Twitter and we kind of got along a bit. And I approached him about revising this thing, like breaking it down and rebuilding it into something that was better because obviously I was missing something. Hmm. It's generally the same story, but I mean, a lot of his polishing is the, re- the result of the book is from him um he's a big flash fan too so for a speedster it made a lot of sense nice um but yeah I, I can't point to any one creator or several creators that influenced it directly it's just kind of that feeling even looking back like maybe the books i think of fondly they might be horrible now i, I don't remember 
but it just had that feeling of just these fun superheroes. It definitely has that Marvel uh, 80s feel. Was it, how would you describe that, T, that kind of? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, there's um, it's got that sort of feeling of a lot of the new universes we saw around that time, you know, maybe some hard case from Malibu uh, or something yeah. like that as well, you know. Okay. Um, because I think the thing is with Marvel, you're always aware of this sort of massive backstory that, you know, um, yeah. But this this is kind of fresher than that. It feels a bit fresher for me. If that makes sense. Yeah. You, know? you know, the interesting thing is that 30 years ago when I started, Marvel was only 30 years old. And yeah. Image was all coming out at that point, this brand new stuff. And when you look at what we're seeing now, a new book is the equivalent of a 30-year-old Image title. So it's just kind of strange to think how how long this history is. And Yeah. You know, something like yes. Swan that I did, I kind of had an imagined history that had been around all these years and decades. Okay. Kind of releasing these short stories that fit in across that timeline to kind of give the sense that it was really around. But Bullet was... just goes back to the beginning and just like a Silver Age fun. Mm. There was one thing. comic that did that and they said there were going to be 100 issues and they would occasionally like release a cover to one of like 67 and this is, you'd see something dramatic happening. I can't remember the bloody title of it though. I thought that was an interesting idea. Say like you get the hero made in issue one and they die in issue 100 and then randomly really? you fill in bits and bobs oh, okay like going story. through a back issue bin and just finding yeah. the odd you know finding the the odd comic and trying to work it out in your own head yeah and there's you, a few you, series i've done that with yeah okay but you could get like 56 and you'd get one part of the story and then the next one would be like 75 and it'd be completely different and this would be the same with that title right it's very tempting to do the fun bits though and not fill it all in isn't it it's almost like um oh we've just got back from space you know but you, you can't really you know, you'd have to go back and draw, draw a whole space battle, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, it's right. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was so thinking make... about it in the other day with um, I was reading John Byrne's X Men Hidden Years, um, where he came in and he had this sort of fresh take on them, where the, you know, there's this gap between the X Men and the Uncanny X Men, you know, before the new X Men sort of thing, and he'd said, look, wouldn't it be fun if we had we don't have any of the baggage that mm. is, is sort of inevitably come through the '90s and early 2000s mm. with the X Men, and we just fight, we have five characters going on adventures yeah, and right. it, it, there's a freshness to it at that so i really enjoyed that you know there's no way the continuity to seems to bog us down a little bit right yeah i agree it's, it's hard for new yeah. readers especially yeah uh, i mm. i kind of straddle both sides of that fence because i do like the kind of the, the adherence to kind of canon but if right. it's to the point where it's absolute baggage and just oh god like you remember when the x-men like couldn't be recorded on video cameras and stuff right right it's just like yeah I was like, oh man that's why'd you put that in the story that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a millstone around their neck when they forever going forward from there <laughs> but then it's fun if you've got a little easter egg later on that references that i suppose yeah, yeah. Mm. but, but then just... again every time you use a character but even be it you know the smallest you know mutant you have to think right are they a, a vampire at the moment or um <laughs> right. have they lost their powers now or you know sometimes they don't bother about what, yeah, sometimes well. yeah well they did that with the master of kung fu didn't they they just didn't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> but you briefly t- talk, talked about swan there this is a sensational yeah. swan i just need to uh, just uh, first i need to say that that cover uh, oh, you did great. is cover, amazing yeah. Um, I appreciate with, that. With Marissa, the one piece of art I'm proud of. With Marissa oh, cool. Louise, have I got that right? Yeah, brilliant colorist, and obviously, 95 percent of the work was done by her. It's, it wouldn't look the same without her colors for mm. sure. I do like the way that you actually put the credits of the book. They're actually street signs. Yeah, that is As so clever. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's so clever. Um, For the cover art, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot it, of contributors inside. Yeah, oh yeah, and the book itself is absolutely glorious. So, I mean, from I mean, Bullet is one t- type of character... And Sensational Swan is another type of character. We've been talking around them, but for those lovely listeners who don't know, necessarily know who these characters are, um, who are they? And what are these books? Uh, so for Swan, I came up with that years ago too. Like um, My first book was Champion through Arcana, and that was around the same time I wrote the first draft of Bullet as well. And I came up with this idea for the Sensational Swan. It was a short story I did that appeared in Death and Comics, the original version. Um it's kind of a Batman analog. And really that story was written as an excuse to use this character design because I thought the mask of a swan face was kind of brilliant and just an all white costume. Uh, so the stories came around an excuse to use this costume and character in a, in a book. Um, turned out kind of interesting, uh, exploring kind of the Batman and sidekick Robin-ish character, the duckling, um, playing off Ugly Duckling. And that story was called The Ugly Truth. We find out that um, Swan is not who he necessarily seems. Uh, he's a psychiatrist in his alter ego, but um, he approaches crime fighting in a way of inspiring others by basically setting up these these matches between criminals and himself. Um, that's a so fascinating. That's a fascinating detail. A psychiatrist, yeah. who's a, yeah. a superior. That's that adds a lot of layers. That I'm guessing you. I mean, how much research or planning and thinking about. Because whatever he says, you've got to be kind of on point with it. Right. I think at the time, I mean, I was just finishing up my degree a couple of years before that. I have a, a minor in psychi- or psychology, so maybe that influenced me at the time. I don't know. Yeah. It just felt right. Have you ever thought about going to a psychiatrist and saying <laughs> and admitting to being a superhero to them and seeing which way they go? <laughs> Where do we go with that conversation now? Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, do get make, like a, make a phone take. call, I believe. Sorry. Yeah. What's that? Oh, just an interesting take on the the Batman-ish character. Yeah. Um, And then just years later, I decided I'd like to do more with him. And so these other short stories that made up the Sensational Swan book just kind of rounded out tales from his history. Like, oh, here's a Batman 66 kind of inspired, just fun, silly superhero kind of thing. And then more serious, grim and gritty stuff um, just throughout that. Do you think that the the short format is with an issue like like you've created for for Swan, is a great way to explore an in independent comic uh, superhero, because rather than having them get invested in like a, a bigger longer form story, you really got to be they got to be short, they got to be concise, and they got to be punchy, haven't they? Each of these, you know, but but with an anthology, you can tell several different sides to a character. Plus, yeah. there's no pressure on putting a comic no. out, you know, every four weeks. Then is there? I'm guessing exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, as I've learned, I mean, I'm four issues, almost four issues deep into Bullet Adventures. It's a huge financial commitment and time mm-hmm. commitment and whatnot. So to try to put out even a six-issue series or something like that is never going to happen for indie comics. Like it, That takes such a long time and mm-hmm. effort and everybody contributing and everything. But uh, the other side of that is just putting out short stories. You can hire an artist or work with writers and whatever to do this little short that doesn't take up your life for a whole year yet it tells a story and then you've got that little aspect of the character developed hmm. how do you go about kind of uh getting creatives on board uh for your comics are they kind of like friends or you put out calls on social media how, how do you yeah, go i mean it? the 
that one black and white story in Swan was written by my friend John, but for the most part, they're all just people I've met on Twitter. Like 99% okay. is Twitter. I just, I gravitate to creators there and I approach ones that I feel are interesting. I'll do the odd call out. Um, mm. The colorist, Fran, from Bullet Adventures uh, issues two and on, that was a response to a call out I did, which I'm just so grateful that she happened to come across that and um, got in touch with me because she's brilliant. Um, most times they don't work. A lot of times uh, you just get a lot of, I don't know, not not the best quality or not people who yeah. are even comic artists responding yeah. to this. Yeah, I've done it before, lots. and I've got I got a lot of people who seem to be very expensive, Randy. Yeah, you know, they were saying, "Oh, I'm a I'm a colorist. It'll be four hundred pounds a page," and I'm really, oh, really? Right. Who are you coloring for at the moment? You know, yeah. <laughs> right. um, when you ask the previous examples, they kind of it's a bit done on the ground. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. What have you done? Well, you get that lovely reply. You're not paying for the um, the color. You're paying for the thirty years of experience I've got. And I said, right. "Fuck that." <laughs> I don't say that to the plumber. But I was talking yeah. to another creator during the week, and we were uh, saying about uh, artists that work in a really super detailed style. And if you'd put in a comic book out, and the first couple of pages are absolutely fantastic, they're flying. And then when you hit sort of like seven, eight, nine, ten pages, and you realise, God, I'm only halfway through this, and I've put in all yeah. this work in, and I've got to see this through right to the end. Uh, I think a lot of artists <clears throat> definitely made that mistake of not yeah. realizing how much of work a comic takes to, to do. Eddie yes. Campbell says that about From Hell, doesn't he? Because he's got this sort of cross-hatching style in From Hell. And he says it was all right on the sort of first issue. And then I thought, oh, fuck me. Why did I do this? <laughs> and he had to like do, what, 350 pages of a comic that way, you know? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> you don't realize <laughs> that mistake until you, yeah. you know, you're making it, <laughs> unfortunately. Unless you got a bit of experience under your belt and you, you kind of think, well, hold on. Maybe I shouldn't have like all these characters with loads and loads of detailed costumes yeah 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 what are the learnings you found like as you say like um bullet is a longer form story um is it going to be what's how many issues is is bullet going to be we've got ideas for at least a dozen more after these initial ones um we could go on forever honestly but it's just a matter of financial success yeah like, yeah you know i yeah. will make it as long as i can get close to breaking even because i don't mind putting it into it just to have it exist but yeah it's it's expensive and i know even my collaborators i pay them indie rates i, I wish i could pay them 10 times what i do they deserve way more um, but even at that it, it adds up so yeah i'm hoping that uh, the kickstarter which is live that's one of the reasons you guys are chatting with me <clears throat> excuse me is um if that's successful, it just means I can do more and more. Um, we've got plenty of material to explore. So as long as I can keep putting them out, there's there's a lot of stories to tell. That's good, because the bullet, the first bullet is kind of like a relatively self-contained story. So when I heard you was doing, yeah. I was, you was doing a second, I was like, wow, okay, without spoilers, I was like, How's, how are you going to carry on this? And then you kind of spin it off in bullet adventures and yeah. <clears throat> in keeping with the, the tone of the series and you're off again. Yeah, it doesn't negate anything we did in the one shot, which was no. very much as one and done. Um, mm. You can appreciate that on its own, and it can never. It doesn't need to go beyond that. Yeah. But I just loved the concepts. I loved the characters, and I had these ideas to spin it back into the present day, and it all works out. So, so, so what is what is Bullet? Uh, it's a superhero love story. Um, the original one was actually half romance, but it's also just my love for superheroes. Like, that's yeah. all I can no. say. It's, 
the speedster said in the silver age uh, old guy dale de Sousa looking back on when he first got powers in the 60s um developing that he forms a relationship with one of the research assistants who's exploring his abilities um he becomes a hero and falls in love well, and of course uh, bullet adventures is the modern day take we we bring him back and all that i uh being a speedster is probably one of the i don't know was it the more undervalued superhero superhero powers it's, it's, it's ridiculously it, it, powerful yeah it's ridiculously powerful it's it's one of the go-tos isn't it if you had like the four or five like staple if you're going to do like a like an the average superhero team if you're going to use you'd have the super strong guy you'd have the super fast person you know you'd have all of that and there's always a speedster well hence the reason they call him a speedster but like you say dan it's could be potentially very powerful and yeah. it throws up a, it's written. Uh, throws up a million different ways of how you could treat it. You know, how have you chosen to look at it, Randy? See, the interesting thing about that, we reached a point in issue three of Bullet Adventures where the scenario, knowing that he can go that fast, really there's nothing that could stop him. So you kind of have to put that aside a little bit. Like, you know, if somebody has a, a time to react with a word balloon or, you know, say stop, then he would have already done whatever he needed to do because he's just that fast. That's yeah. a great, so that's a that great way to look at it. I've never thought yeah. about that, yeah. But it ruins the whole idea, like, okay, well, who can beat him then? Like, yeah. you know, sheer strength, okay, that's going to be a factor. But, um, you know, fighting regular-ish supervillains, or villains, I guess, not that super, you know, there's no chance that they would have against him. So we kind of had to dial that back and just mm. pretend that he's not going to be able to do anything within a blink of an eye and still have to act at some reasonable speed that was one of the things that in that cw flash show, i think i watched it for one or two se- seasons and it was always he'd come up against a bad guy and they'd beat him because he wasn't yeah. using his speed and then the plan they come up with was, you got to run faster and then that would beat him and it's like okay and every week it'd be that <laughs> kind of a no-brainer yeah i just yeah. gotta run faster don't let him shoot the laser at you and stand stock mm-hmm. still you gotta run faster well, okay that's what that's what happened <clears throat> post-crisis wasn't it in a sort of wider sense heroes had almost become too powerful didn't they so right. yeah. you know superman was moving the earth off his axis and you know like the flash was traveling forward and backwards in time because he was so fast and that's why when burn came in with superman they sort of they made him Knock less strong yeah and when um, baron did um wally west as the flash he was he couldn't you know he had to eat loads of pizzas in order to run across the country yeah. and stuff like that you know it was literally like that which i think you kind of have to limit them, yeah you? otherwise they're just like gods aren't they and they can do anything they like it becomes hard yeah. to i'd say as a writer does that become hard to relate to relate to your audience if you got superman pushing the earth off his axis and yeah uh yeah very hard to kind of come up with a, a foe for it that's a bit <laughs> just, right. yeah God it's like. fun to watch, but then at the same time, what do you do the next issue? Exactly. Well, yeah, right. to be scratching the yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always. I mean, the stories are very much about um, it's choice and consequence, isn't it? That's basically the go-to for most stories, yeah. I think, and what, what superheroes choose to do and the ramifications for it. That's basically Spider-Man's life in a nutshell: what he does, yeah. and then what happens to the people around him. Mm. You know, <clears throat> what what parts of that were most appealing to you in terms of was it more the superhero side or the way the superhero side affected the the secret identity and the real life bits yeah that's interesting i mean with the one shot the whole idea came out of that choice he has to make well 
uh, I don't know, it's not that much of a spoiler that eventually his powers are killing him, so he has to stop. But what is going to bring him back? Like, I've got to protect people. I, my wife and unborn child, you know, I have to sacrifice myself in order to protect people. And that's the mm -hmm. right choice to make. So, I mean, you struggle with that as a person, like what choices do you make in regular life? I'm yeah. not out there saving the world by any means, but you know, little things, you, you still have to make a choice, like being there for your kids or, you know, job stuff or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that does appeal to me for sure, but it's a balance. Like I, I just love the spectacle of superhero stuff. So it's it comes down to responsibilities, doesn't it? At yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. 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 Interesting. When I got bullet about a week or two before I'd got a comic from a British creator, uh, uh, Rich Carrington, drawn by Lee Gasson, called uh, Limits. And it's a very similar kind of idea, but the, the flip side of the coin of it. So where kind of Bullet's quite sort of uh, upbeat and heroic, the, the character in Limits, faced with a similar situation, is kind of like a bit more self-serving. And no, I've, got, I've got to keep all this for me, because if I use up what I've got left... I'm gonna I'm gonna die, and I, I, right. you guys can suffer because I'm putting myself first. Which yeah. was really interesting to see two comics with yeah. a similar take on 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 a a, a tale. It's and, the, it's, uh, it's the exploration of the hero, isn't it? Yes, what, what it means to be a hero, and you know that whole. Well, it's the Uncle Ben moment, isn't it? Yeah, you know, could he save Uncle also, Ben or could he not? Have, you know, yeah. Also, as a real person, like you think, as much as you think in this moment, yeah, I'd do that. Would you really? Yeah. You know? Mind you, invisibility, yeah. I'd be straight in the girl's showers. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and that's it's, why you've that never thing. been hired for a superhero team, Tony. <laughs> it is that thing of, like, you like to think, as you mentioned, that I would stand up if I saw some bloke caressing someone on the train. But I, I've been there and said nothing. And then there has been times when I, I have said something, and it's just, mm -hmm. uh, there's no, it's just what you're like in that moment, I guess. But uh, yeah. the, the exploration of that is <clears throat> fascinating, and yeah, like I said, that's what superheroes are about for me. Yeah, superheroes. Yeah, it's, it's it's the it's the extrapolation of what it's like to be a human, isn't it? It's always mm. it's got to be that, yeah. and that's where it's, where Stan and Jack and Steve all looked at it that way, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And which I think Just was marvelous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also make it fun, you know, because yeah. like yeah. I mean, how many people's like moral compasses, you know, when they were kids. What's that again? Moral compass. <laughs> com I, I looked that up on Wikipedia. Right. Yeah. Their yeah. morality comes from like comic books. So the, the pages that they read and like it's people doing good things for good reasons, which is like I think why like your books are quite a refreshing change because probably over the past two decades we've had a lot of superheroes have prob you know you know everything's dark and oh god a superhero will do this and then they'll be on social media or they they'll they've got some drink and drug problem and everything everything's awful and bad and yeah. i i yeah, think it's not it's, the boys is it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no it's nice to have that i mean the, 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 i you know i love stories like that you know there's a yeah, time i've always wanted to crawl up a man's knob yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day tony you got to believe believing yourself so, so there's got to be a kind of a bit of balance <laughs> yes and yeah. yeah, when it's all that, it's just too much. Yeah, yeah, it is too much. So, so we need stories of hope and like decent superheroes. Um, but I, I mean, I, I would say I've got a lot of my morality from fucking immoral compass and reading comics. Yeah, well, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, what, that was what, my role model is uh, yeah, yeah, seeing these guys doing the right thing. Uh, I again, I can't say that I have lived my life to that extreme. Like, 
being so helpful to the world. I, I'm not, honestly, yeah. but you know, I, I lean that way and I yeah. try my best. <laughs> well, what did... were you doing, Dan, reading a lot of Robert Crumb books? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, although uh, although um, I don't think we get quite deep deep on this, um, but why not? Let's go there. Um, we're not all just smut jokes and comics on this. Um, but in terms of, um, do you think there's a there's a responsibility when you know that a creator has when creating comics? Not that they should completely adhere to the. Content it depends where they're now. making comics and who they're going to. I think and, and what it's I think certainly sometimes, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a medium after all, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, saw uh, I think if you're doing comics that, that are going to much... schools, you know, then mm. you got to think about it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Sorry to interrupt, Randy. Go on, mate. No, that's okay. I... I can't recall what it was. There was something that was very much visually. Oh no! I think it was a Harley Quinn adaptation of the co- the cartoon. There's a comic coming out, and uh, it was quite vulgar. I guess I've never watched the cartoon. No. I'm just really worried no, for kids either. who go into a comic shop and they would buy that, and it was just totally not the audience because it's presented in a way that's it's more for kids with the cartoony style and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it is a concern. I mean, kids will get exposed to things eventually it's not the biggest deal but to see something that's very much presented as hey kids comics and it's absolutely not yeah whereas if you got Derek roberts drawing it gritty the boys like you say like that's it's not aimed at kids there's no mistaking that for children's book so i think there's there's room for both and just kind of when they cross over there needs to be a delineation uh, Mm. yeah i mean like Mm. you said if you got the in from the cartoon and you think oh we're going to see the next adventures and you pick up the comic book and it's in a similar style but completely the the tone has completely shifted yeah well the, th- yeah. the thing yeah. is that like the cartoon i actually this week i i saw that the first episode was on uh, just on youtube of that hbo cartoon i watched it and i loved it it's fucking awesome but yeah. the problem with that is it has that classic you know that bruce tim um sort of style i mean you know it's obviously different to, to that so the comic follows that um, yeah. But because it follows that in the way it looks, that look has definite more of an all ages connotation to it. You know that exactly. anima- that animated mm. yeah. style. But like totally, if you say like Derek Robson's drawing it, you know immediately this is a grown up book. Do you know what I mean? If you've got a Glenn Fabry cover on it, you're like, well, right. that that's probably <laughs> yeah. not for my kids. Um, right. And that's where it blurs the lines, doesn't it? Especially in this in this modern world of adult animation that, that yeah. we live in it's there's a real sort of blurring of lines happening through different genres and you know it, it bleeds through the comic books i said randy you did make a point of uh you send in the start of one of the comics in the, the introduction you send about how you endeavored to sort of encourage charitable donations mm-hmm. via the medium of comics and say yeah. make comics and make a difference is that kind of like the uh, the, the 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 heart of bullet if you know what i mean you carrying it on there so how how, how do you do that and and why well, it started out um, when I was doing these short stories for Death and Comics, what, what eventually became Death and Comics. Um, I had a Facebook page and I was just putting them up there, these short stories, and I'd tie in a relevant or somewhat related charity, realizing that I was probably not going to make any money off of putting these things out. I thought, well, maybe instead of giving me two bucks, you can throw some cash towards the charity. And I have no idea if anybody ever donated anywhere, but that was where Altruis came from. It's like, you know, if I can do something to drum up some good, then that was the angle I was going for. Hmm. Again, I, I don't think, I don't know that it was successful in any way, so I didn't continue on beyond that. But I mean, I've, I'm doing things like tree planting for issues sold. You know, if I'm going to cut trees down to make books, then 
Okay. Maybe I can give back. Can or, you know, little things give like back that. in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, generally just making comics and making people happy and stuff is hopefully good enough to make the world a little bit better. Yes. I don't know. Uh, I'm all for that, man. Like getting comics in people's hands and yeah. We just want to make the world a better place. For the medium of comics. (laughs) The medium of comics. Yeah. I mean, there's very few comics we do at the moment, guys, that don't have some kind of donation scheme going, really, is there? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think think it's important. Time to put some time in the trenches and and do a bit of charity work and give some, put some back if you're able. Uh, Because obviously there's, there's loads of people out there that, could do with a hand up and yeah i think it's incumbent on people who are a bit better off to to do so i mean exactly uh, a rising tired raises all ships oh, all right, here we go here we go dan's warmed up let's go <laughs> no the other aspect of that is um helping out creators and there's so many yeah. great communities in comics mm-hmm. that i i hope i know a bit more than i did years ago and if i can give that information to new people coming into the industry and stuff like i try to help out for sure mm. it's, it's, to... it's tough out there i think i think yeah. for for creators of all kinds and yeah. um you know we're always talking about like the value of your work and there are so many um you know god knows how many wonderful creators that we haven't discovered because they were kind of priced out of it or maybe you know there are the people that as tony mentioned earlier are overpricing things mm. um what happens when a creator, you know, there are probably fantastic, you know, creators who aren't charging that much, who aren't getting seen because these other mm-hmm. people are sort of pricing them out, you know, and they're not being seen. And eventually those people are like, I just can't afford to do this anymore. Well, exactly. one thing that's yeah. quite insidious, and I've <clears throat> I've mentioned it sometimes, I've been in a group where people have asked, and it's like, right, I'm, uh, someone coming to say, I'm pitching a comic. It's like a 10-issue arc. Uh, I've never read comics before. Uh, I've never written one. <laughs> So I'm looking for artists, and all these people say, "Yeah, yeah, I'll help out." I feel like saying to those people, "Look, you, you might be involved in this. Pull your heart into this comic, and it goes absolutely nowhere." And then you think, "Fuck this! I'm not doing comics anymore." And that <laughs> yeah. that incident is burnt out a potential like an amazing creator of tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that that's, comes from something you say a lot, Dan. Is comics seems to be the only thing that people think they can do without having any any knowledge of it or background in it yeah definitely yeah people yes. just sort of especially writing i think they sort of turn yeah. up and think they'll just be a comic writing because they've heard it's cool and you it's know. Just, just it's not that and fighting everyone thinks they they can do it <laughs> i know yeah. i can't fight yeah <laughs> <laughs> most people think yeah i could throw a punch i could do all right and then you never punch <laughs> no well why do you think you're good at it then <laughs> yeah that's a good point man actually yeah yeah it's uh i guess the same like you said comics oh yeah i could do a comic People do say that about film as well, though. I say, I can't see why it's a problem just to make a film. Why can't I just make a good film? It's yeah, like, right. Well, I'm sure People there's People tend a to study film a bit more, don't they? I think yes. it's sort of a thing to be a film student, yeah. isn't it? Where it's not really for comics, is it? It's, no. it's, it's the way I, you know, in, the, in this day and age we live in, where we're like mobile phones and like bloody movie cameras now. Yeah. Or, or you can make a web comment and, and put it online quite easy. You could draw it on a tablet, etc., etc. Anyone can make the media that they want. But yeah. not is it every, going to be good? Not yeah, everyone, exactly. not everyone yeah. can make the media that yeah. they should. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's a very or should or should yeah. or should. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that porno we made. What? Yeah. Well, we don't, don't talk about that. But please email us if you want a copy. Hey, I'll, go, uh, uh, I'll send you the PayPal. Oh God, no. Uh, 
I mean, That's comics cool. is pretty cool though because anybody can, like you say. Like yeah. my oldest, he's made a several issues worth of these short stories. He did Chicken Strip and Hamburgers, like a silly comedy thing. But like the fact that he can, that there's no. <laughs> That's cool, man. Hang on. Yeah. yeah. The character is called Chicken Strip and Hamburger. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Media. That I'm is brilliant. Like animated That's... food. That, uh, um, amazing. That's one it of the things that's pretty funny. Go on. <laughs> one thing that frustrates me when they sort of say the bar to entry for comics is that, well, if you've got a piece of paper and an A4, uh, a HB yeah. pencil, you can make a comic. It's not a problem. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's how I started. So, yeah. I mean, it's just how committed you are to stick with it and then eventually learn how to use publishing oh, man, software I... and send it to a printer, of course. Yeah, but... exactly. That's the part of it I don't understand. I, I was laughing. I was telling the boys the other day, Randy, I found my first ever comic script that I wrote when I was 12. Yeah. Right. And it's the most highfalutin pile of crap you've ever heard. I was clearly <laughs> had just just discovered Philip K. Dick at that point, you know. Yeah. And it was yeah. like this sort of super complicated Bible for a comic that I then never wrote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of writers have done that. There's any yeah. advice, isn't there? Don't like try and make your magnum opus on the first thing you try <laughs> yeah. and do. But a whole That's why world short stories are so nice because you can get that yeah. little idea out without spending a, yeah. a year of your yeah. life, right? Or more. Oh, this is in the days of typewriters and stuff, you know, it's covered in white out and yeah. <laughs> Let's oh, see. bloody hell. 10 out of 10 for uh, going, going as far as a typewriter. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, sorry to interrupt. No, no, no worries. no worries. So how do you find kind of uh, work, is it working in a creative team? How, how does that kind of uh, work out for you, Randy? It's great. I mean, number one, everybody else is better than me at this <laughs> job. So, I mean, I found as I got less and less involved in these stories I was making, the, the quality went up. So I keep doing that. Do you, um, are you a man who writes a contract and all that sort of thing? Are you quite tight around all those areas? I, I didn't for the first few projects I did. Yeah. Um, but I definitely want everybody to profit if we profit. Hmm. So it's clear that I'm holding the rights to these things, but everybody gets percentage of profits. Yeah just have to get to that point where we're profiting yeah um yeah so i mean there's contracts in place but i'm not out there to screw creators or anything no. like that like i no, really want everybody to benefit um but as far as like the work we do like jordan and i we've gone back and forth and hundreds of emails on ideas that you know you it starts with this this kernel of an, an idea and then the other guy takes it to another level and just back and forth like that has been the coolest thing ever mm. um Maybe just for so many years, I just worked on my own and, you know, again, just a piece of paper and a pencil compared to actually playing off each other and then working with artists who you, you have it in mind one way, you've envisioned this page and then they do something differently. And like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and... You've got to be open that to them. I think yes. that's part of the collaboration, isn't it? Yeah. I think when stuff yeah. comes back that's different, you think, oh, okay, no, I see what you're doing there. You know, you mm. can't say, no, go back and do it the way I told you. It's not that way, is it? Especially not the exactly. press. Yeah. Well, mainly it wouldn't be something like if I specified something in a script, then there's probably a reason why it was specified. Otherwise, it's pretty open to whatever you yeah. want to do. Like, But there's other times that, yeah, you know, there might have been a change that needed to go back or, you know, I'm trying to think of examples. There's I think as a writer, you have we do as a writer, and so and you you be an artist as well. You do when you when you write, you visualize something, don't yeah. you? And some things are um, stylistically there for the purposes of narrative, yeah. um, and they they tend to be a bit more stronger. You know, not yeah. not like 100. percent This has to be for me, but it's like this would be really cool if we could do it this way because I'm thinking of 
it looking yeah. like this and it leads into yeah. this you know there's lots of that and i think that's the only way you can write a comic is is visually watching it in your head happen right you know i mean i do thumbnails too when i script my own things yeah. just to see does this work in five panels can you even fit this much information yeah. on page yeah agreed yeah but i mean yeah. it's your responsibility as a writer also if, if you had that in mind specify not like oh sorry i know you drew this three pinch scene but that actually should have had this in here yeah, you know, and it's got yeah, to come to this angle so we can see that thing in the background. Well, yeah, things need to be up front to be to be sort of dealt with further on, and you know, there's all this yeah. sort of thing that has to fit in. It's like a jigsaw almost, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. Yeah, but another 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 writer that I talked to one time, he said he basically asked for a change on every single page. <laughs> it's like a control <laughs> right. thing. Like, yeah, I don't know why you do that. I I always apologize for something <laughs> that I say. Like, can you? I'm sorry to ask you this. Oh, here's an example. Um, shirt colors in future issues of bullet adventures i didn't want to have the same colored shirt in two different uh days basically like you know dale's going to change his shirt it's not going to be red both times right okay. yeah yeah or um uh, there's actually a mistake that we made with a long sleeve shirt and a short sleeve shirt that was colored the same and then realizing that wasn't the same shirt so okay he had to have changed so can you please change that to a different color yeah so it's a visual cue, I mean, isn't it yeah 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 so there's reasons for it. I would never ask for something just to like exert my power on this. Like here, make this change. Like, no, no, this is going to either be confusing or like if we can make it better, then if you don't mind changing that, like I don't want to make you do more work for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I agree, man. We have, I often have that discussion with things. And sometimes you're writing a script and you realize halfway through that, oh, you should have included something early on. So you've got to go back mm -hmm. and add it. And it's the same for an artist, isn't it? You know? Yeah. There's things that should have been that way. Within yeah. reason, of course. I don't think yeah, anybody's yeah. going to complain about that. But if you're asking me to redraw uh, four pages of the story because you failed to do something, then yeah. That's yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Gets yeah. Me caught out. But, and, but the colour of the shirt thing is probably, let's face it, just in the mind of the writer, isn't it? Probably. Uh, is anyone going to write in about that one, do you think? But it's it's nice to get it right. Yeah, it's a relatively minimal fix. Like, yeah. if you're colouring digitally, it's... yeah. So we didn't go back and change the shirt sleeve length because that would have been like a, a big change. Yeah, but yeah. I asked Fran to change the color of it, which I don't know Works. coloring. That's the one aspect I've never really touched, but I'd imagine you could kind of select and then just change the color of it. Yeah, yeah. unless you just like a human saturation thing. And yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all it's all AI now anyway, Randy. It's fine. <laughs> well, I never met her in real life, so she could just be a computer. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. We, offer, we talk a lot about robot women on the show. Yes. So that's a possibility. <laughs> Well, yeah. I think uh, uh, we'll mention this at some point of the show. I think we're going to have to revisit the uh, AI thing because I thought this is going to be a flash in the pan and it's not a flash in the pan. It's not, is it? It's yeah. not a flash in the pan. It's yeah. got, it's turned around quick, isn't it? And it happened yes. quick, that. Yeah. Uh, there's, I was reading articles about people and they're putting out their first AI comic and it's like, yeah. how does that work? Well, I think it's just an image of non-sequential images with the only thing that, that holds them together is the text. So, okay. I don't, I don't want to be completely disparaging because uh, I've not read them, but uh, yeah, I, I, I downloaded one. Um, it seemed actually pretty good when I just flipped through it. Like it was nicely drawn. It didn't have those weird faces that you see a lot of AI stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. And I didn't actually read it. I just kind of scrolled through a little. It seemed like a pretty good use of the technology. Okay. Um, I don't think that it's a substitution for real artists. No. Uh, I don't know because it's, it is essentially right. using already existing images, isn't it? I All guess I don't in a very sort of complicated it, yeah. mixture, but you know, they these images have got to exist to start with for them to be yeah, used. Right. 
Yeah. There is there was some site where you could type in a creator's name and it, you could strike them using your imagery. Uh, if okay. like you, you could look up a popular artist and send yeah, this people have drawn from that X amount of times. Uh, and I've seen people when they type in their prompts that they've referenced an artist style they wanted to look like. Right. Okay, it puts their kind of finish on it, right? Yeah. So like they, they might like a like a soft focus look, and it's that that artist's kind of. Uh, signature as it were for his, his work and the legal ramifications of this are huge i don't think they've figured it all out yet have they? no I, yeah. Yeah, yeah i don't know how it's gonna that that's why it's kind of an ongoing thing I, i'm really not sure where it's gonna go but dan we've been talking for ages about sex robots why isn't yeah. that the first thing that happens well you know the porn industry do lead the way in a lot of technology that's true. life's just not fair life's just not, not fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't ruin comics just make sex robots that would be fine that would be the future I want I don't know is that something you trust <laughs> yeah, yeah true yeah. Never there's stick a lot of bad outcomes there yeah. never stick your cock in crazy Randy is something that Dan often tells me yeah, or, or a USB port how do we get to this down to you always so, get it upside down to start with with the USB. I suppose you know exactly. it's a scenario, <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> but that was the right way after after all. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. I still think <laughs> one of the sexists would say the biggest villains of our age that so, that USB was initially going to be you could plug it in either side and it wouldn't matter. And someone's like, no, make it just one side. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted to track that person down, like just to irritate Tony Esmond yeah. in the future. Yeah, yeah, all of humanity, we come together and say, right, this person has done so much wrong in the world. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't go back and kill Hitler as a baby. It'd be that person. That's what I do. <laughs> oh my god! How do we get to this? I don't know. Sorry, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But to get us back on the track. Um, obviously, how are you finding um, like crowdfunding as a route for like? Are you just on Kickstarter, or are you doing multi platforms, dude? Uh, only Kickstarter. Right. I think this is my fifth one. Wow. Okay. Cool. Something like that. They've all succeeded. I set my funding goals pretty low, to be honest. Like, I just want to get it out there. Mm. I prepay for everything, so it's pretty much covering print costs. Um, all my collaborators have been paid. Uh, they'll get Good more man. if we can make this thing big, but. Yeah, it's weird. This current one, it seems a lot slower than previous ones. I don't know if that's a sign of where Kickstarter is going or a bit of financial downturn at the moment or something like that, maybe as well. It you know, could be a bit of everything. Perfect storm yeah. of screwing me on this project. But <laughs> I think that we'll still hit this goal. I, I'm not concerned about that. But, you know, that's my public goal. But I definitely have a personal goal that's a lot higher. And I'm yeah. just not really on track for that, <clears throat> which is a bit discouraging because. I was hoping that this would do so well that I can just get started on issue five. Yeah. Okay. I've committed to the four. They're they're ready to go, or they will be. They're all um budgeted. Well, that's for. the old that's the old one of the old <laughs> Kickstarter gambles, isn't it? You set you set the, the total low because you right. think people are more likely to back it if they realise it's past its goal and is a is a go, you know, a yeah. goer of a project. And therefore you or can the other collect- side <clears throat> if we can get a, a higher target, will the community rally behind me and actually push to make it? Yeah, exactly. But then you, you may not, it. and you lose everything. So yeah, always go yeah, long. Agreement. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, there's both sides to that coin, aren't there? Definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Have you explored doing form. some? Yeah, it is. It's a good little shop front. We often discuss it as you know as well. Yeah. Um, like have pre-order you just, system. Have, yeah, 
have you have you thought about any of these sort of new and upcoming ones so there's a couple of new ones coming out or even in the zoop that kind of thing yeah 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 i know people have done both um okay it's very difficult because kickstarter is so established yeah and for previous campaigns i've had a large portion of people discover the project through kickstarter like you know you see yeah. your your percentages it's 30 percent came from twitter and 10 percent from facebook or whatever but um i was surprised at just how many people came across it through that platform yeah. and that's not something i'm ready to give up yeah. i know kickstarter last year there was some backlash on what they were looking towards um crypto technology or whatever yeah. like, i don't know i think basically you're screwed anywhere you look at that if you're using yeah. paypal or credit cards or whatever they probably all use the same stuff too so yep. you can't yeah. say i'm not using this crypto stuff and move on to some places doing the exact same thing yeah so it's i'm just looking at it what can oh totally yeah you're, you're preaching no you're, you're speaking yeah definitely yeah. i agree yeah. and there's nothing in your wallet that doesn't use crypto is there let's face it you yeah. know in some way or other yeah yeah yeah, no, banks will up to shady stuff anyway. Like, yeah, you know I mean? right. Yeah, kind of... <laughs> but I, I, over the course of those campaigns, you've sort of like you figured out a rhythm of like you know um, stretch goals and things like that. It's just I never get... look too far at stretch goals. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe I'm just not that confident that I'd have like you know some people have when we reach ten thousand and fifteen thousand, all these like really yeah. large things. Like, yeah. Hey, look, we'll we'll fund this and I'll. I'll give you the product and then maybe have something in mind. I do have plans if this one is uh, reaching its goal early enough to give away issue two PDF along with the rewards that you got for number one, um, just to kind of build some buzz on that and uh, get that into people's hands and hopefully push it to a much higher level. But otherwise, like having a glossier cover or anything. Yeah. Do people really want? Add-ons. Do people really want bookmarks that badly? You know, <laughs> I can't imagine that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same man who's got a little pile of bookmarks in front of him from Kickstarters. He's packed, <laughs> yeah, and postcards. You know, but yeah, we don't. I'm not desperate for all that little. That said, you know, I was stickers. looking for a bookmark the other day and I couldn't find one, and I was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if anything, if it goes big, then you know my collaborators will benefit from that. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe people appreciate that bookmarks aren't even that cheap like yeah. unless you're yeah. doing it in thousands and thousands of copies like per unit cost is not cheap no. so wouldn't you rather give those few extra hundred bucks towards the, the people who are making exactly it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and you don't want to make a rod for your own back by having you know we'll do a sketch for every person who backs yeah. it beyond you know oh my god yeah. Yeah. yeah i always think it's worth throwing in a, a tier for a kind of like ridiculously high price you that there might be any one of but like if a super fan books backs it that's great yeah if they the, don't there's no loss the issue you have with that i think i mean you just want to see the world burn down um but <laughs> to go around uh, someone's the, house the issue you have with that is sometimes you get these people who are who um pledge on these big ticket items yes and then and then that it is funded and then they decline you know they disappear and you don't yeah, get yeah. that money and you've lost that big ticket you could say it. like for for 500 bucks like we we'll draw an extra page in a comic where you get to star in it, and then if the money doesn't come through, they don't. That page doesn't get drawn. Do you know what I mean? Something but, like that. You don't. You don't give them what they want before they pay the money. But I think the concern is that if that was the five hundred dollars that puts you over, yeah, then it yes, drops I understand, you yeah. down. Which, yeah, yeah. from what I understand, you can't back out of your pledge the last twenty four hours or something like that. Okay, yeah, okay. Really but still, that, that would be okay. a heart 
yeah, I think I know. Yeah. I think you can change your pledge, can't you? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, people have had problems with cards and there stuff. Was a, cards being declined and like yeah. payments not going. There through was a spat of people know. actually doing that maliciously, and I think they they took steps to. Oh right, to stop that. Yeah, we had a bit of that one of ours. Yeah, they yeah. they boost you over and then cancel the pledge, and it kind of leaves you kind of uh, yeah full at the the fucking last post, as it were. Yeah, well, I'm one to talk about. We got banned off Kickstarter. So. <laughs> Rightly so. Yeah. Uh, one day you'll be banned from the internet. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. me, you have to go some to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen what's oh. out there? <laughs> but I mean, Bullet Adventures. I mean, you're absolutely right, Randy. You, you're not asking for the world as well. So, like, seriously, this is good time comics, folks. Yeah, making fun comics, man. That's what you yeah. want to do. Yeah, that's what yeah. we want to do. Um, yeah, so I can't well. recommend enough to to, to get in on this because I've yeah. absolutely joy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. So I spent the afternoon sure. reading them, and they're they're great, man. Really enjoyed yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, so yeah. We... I figure there's a, a wide range of people who should be able to enjoy it. You know, us older guys, and then just kids and everything in between. Mm. It's a little so taste it's, it's of nostalgia like... about them as yes. well, which is nice, isn't it? I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and and timelessness because it doesn't yeah. have to be people who, oh yeah, I, I read these Silver Age comics myself. It's just there's a reason why it worked back then, and I yeah. think the same reason holds true with um, current kids. Totally agree, and it's yeah, it's it's the the quality of the core story, isn't it? You know, yeah. I, it it has to go beyond a trope, or or beyond you know. Oh, it, this person, their parents were murdered, and now they're a vigilante. What comes after that? What what else have yeah. you got? You know, yeah. and a, a lot of stories sort of fall on that. If you don't have a real story, and characters and people and stakes in it, then you lose them. And and you know, your work's got it in spades. Dude, it's you know it's it's really good. I mean, I think there's a lot of our listeners as well who are just hankering for some fun comics. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's that whole theory, isn't there, that comics do well in times of financial crisis and you know stuff like that. And I think we're the world's facing a few a few dark moments at the moment, isn't it? And all we need we all need a bit of escapism, don't we? You know, something mm-hmm. that sort of we, we can read and you know sucks us in and we enjoy and you know take, turns the world off for a bit. I think, and that's what these yeah. are. Yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, you've written enough of the. Clearly, you've got plenty of more stories left to tell. Yeah. So hopefully um, we can get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just just so you know, Randy, the sex robot thing is copyrighted by me. And uh, <laughs> just in uh, case, I'll talk to you about it off air, Randy. We'll sort it. So. <laughs> um, but saying that, you know, um, we you've got to support positive comics because Randy's got some dark stories in him as well. We've we've read some of his other short stories, <laughs> yeah, and the man's exactly. got he's got darkness in his soul, like all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so where can we uh, find you on uh, social media? Where can they pick up the the comics, Randy? Uh, well, you can follow at Altruist Comics on most social media: Facebook page and uh, Instagram, Twitter. I've got a website, altruistcomics.com, with a shop there. Which currently there's something wrong with the shipping calculator, so I'm trying to figure that out. But um, okay. eventually yeah. we can get those out to people, and everything's available as an add-on through the current Kickstarter. Yeah. So if you want to pick up some of the older books like Crime Pays or Death and Comics, Sensational Swan, all that stuff, um, that's all available. And hey, you, you've got some uh, upcoming conventions in Canada, haven't you? I just applied for Fan Expo Vancouver. Um, that's oh, the okay. biggest local one. Um, I do some small shows. There's uh, Vancouver Comic Con. They usually have like uh, one fairly known bigger creator and then some local people. 
there was one time just this past year that I was the biggest name there, and I don't think they did so well. <laughs> they put, put me as a headliner and nobody showed up. So. <laughs> one day people will be looking back on that, Randy, thinking, you remember when we had Randy in? Yeah. 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 He, he only wanted blue M&Ms. Do you remember his demands? He was an absolute diva. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> blue M&Ms in the rider. He refuses yeah. to walk upstairs. He wanted a plate for his sandwich. <laughs> call back yes yep. call back <laughs> yeah. um, well that would be good you know fan expert I mean I've, I, yeah, I've heard so of that I'd like to go to that yeah. actually yeah yeah, yeah that's pretty big now yeah well, it's a different crowd think... it's not just a comic scene it's very much like anime voice actors and walking okay. dead actors and stuff yeah. too a lot of cosplay yeah so I think there's a smaller percentage of attendees who actually spend money on comic books but it's fun yeah well, if you're there, it's hopefully, Randy, now, isn't it? hopefully yeah. Randy will be there. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you should go uh, follow him and Ultraist Comics and and just generally back Bullet because we love it. And thank you very much for joining us this week, Randy. It's yeah, been thanks, a lot man. Of fun. That was a good one. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me. Great chat, guys. Well, there you have it, folks. Another great creation. He's a good lad, wasn't he? Yeah. Nice yeah. dude. Yeah. 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 Super I nice. I like people who've never met us before but get our humour. That's what yeah. I like. Or, a.k.a. put up with us for an hour. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Randy did both. Yes, yes. yes. And he he is, of course... I mean, we do mean it, folks. Go and check out Bullet, because we had a chance to read his comics and they're great stuff. Um, Good fun yeah. afternoon yeah. reading them, I had yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I know a lot of our listeners are like super heroic type fans as well. So, mm. yeah. We need more really Can't good... Can't go wrong with Bullet. Really, really good quality indie superheroics I think I wonder if he's aware that it was a British Weekly called Bullet as well maybe the not cool. the British Weekly is pretty much used every kind of masculine word for <laughs> yeah. comics didn't they yeah. it's like, like warrior uh, action hotspur punch yeah. bastard I don't know they were just called everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> anal <laughs> yeah bastard's it, it, <laughs> quite a good one Vince I yeah, like that yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think there's a Japanese ba- anime this but that though bastard weekly <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do a line of fake anal nightly. We we should do anal night. <laughs> Kieran Knightley's sister. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh dear! No, we, perhaps we should do a, like maybe do some fake covers for Bastard Weekly. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Like we did for those posters for Tony Osman, you guys did. Yeah, that yeah, was fun, wasn't it? Nice, yeah, nice yeah, fun exercise, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but thank you again to Randy for joining us. He is obviously, you know, he's a writer and artist. You know, he's got all the tools. Mm-hmm. Um, That's who we go in. That's who we go with this. <laughs> and we've got another fun little game for us, for me and Dan to basically go, what? Oh, God, yeah. I know this one. After my uh, terrible performance at working out extreme comics characters. Like, yeah. Oh, mate, the, the, and, the cards are stacked against you there, though. And, <laughs> well, the saying that, my shameful performance and the fact that I seem to do well, I don't know what that <laughs> says about me. Um, we have, I, we're delving back into the, you know, we're, we're looking early in 2000s. the... Early 2000s. Yeah, the early 2000s when the print magazines were a thing. And that Wizard magazine was certainly quite a major thing. Well, it was um, still sort of it was still going at this point. I yeah, think, yeah, so. yeah, still popular. Yeah. And you should definitely, if you haven't checked it out, folks, there's the Toy Galaxies, um, the rise and fall of Wizard magazine. 
mm. on, on YouTube. Yeah, I must watch this. That's yeah. a fast, yeah, that's it's really good, really good, really well researched and presented. It's yeah. a joy to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of their stuff is really. I love talking Definitely. about it. So, so there's a recommendation. Yeah. There's an early recommendation for you. Um, but um, they used to do top tens, didn't they, Tony? So what? What was they the little did. thing? Yeah. So I've got the I've got issue two hundred and five of Wizard, okay. which is from November two thousand and eight. 2008 in, oh god I yeah that's 2008 that's you have to set your mind I'll, I'll give you a couple of minutes to set your mind what's think what's okay. happening in comics around that time you know just have a work it out in your head now at the same time this is the same time zach and miri was about to come out do you remember that movie okay right um okay. In, in the interview with kevin smith um i'd like to say that kevin smith refers to um zach snyder as a genius it's quite an interesting interview okay he'd just in the watchman movie um so think about what was going on around that time. So it was a period that was kind of rise of the writers, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I certainly wasn't reading Wizard. That's what I can tell you. Oh, I was okay, cool. reading Wizard then, definitely. Right. You were, so you were still re- reading Wizard then? Yeah, man. I got it pretty late in the day, like almost to the point where we're shut up shop. Ah. Okay. So what I've got here is top 10 writers and top 10 artists. So let's start with the, the writers. So you've got 10 who they call, it's a Clash of the Titans, they say the hot 10 writers at the time now let's go back and forwards and you can have, let's who should we start with who are we do, are we doing there's the list of 10 it's almost like we just got to pick one and see if it's on the list yeah see if see if he's yeah. on there and i'll tell you where he where he sits where he ranks okay this is like family fortunes it's really great yeah, yeah. yeah. the um, on the board it's unsurprisingly <laughs> unsurprisingly it's all men um right okay so let's do writers first so let's go vince first name one uh mark miller Yes. Nice. Good shout. Number six. Oh, I thought uh, it'd be higher. Yeah. I'm going to go with Garth Ennis. No. Really? Fucking yeah. Hell. Oh, this is why it went under, Dan. I uh, thought the 90s would have been way up there for it's it. Not, it's not the 90s, mate. Oh, sorry, the, t- the 2000s, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Vince again. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Number one. Fucking number nice one. Ambience. What was he doing yeah. around that time? I mean, Ultimate Secret Spider-Man. Invasion, Ultimate Origins, Mighty yeah, Avengers, yeah. New Avengers. Oh, he was still yeah, he was still Marvel at that time, wasn't he? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dan. I'll go Peter David. No. Oh, oh damn me! I'm striking out here. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Vince. Oh God. Um. Oh God. You know when all the writers come, they're just going into your head and going out another. Um. Oh God, Jason! Aaron. I would say no. Oh, I would say there's a mix of the predictable and the surprises in this list. I'd okay. say. Okay. So let's have let's have you get one. You get two more. Dan and Vince will get one more. So Dan, you're next. Uh, Frank Miller. No. I knew. I didn't think he was fucking put anything out of note at that point. Okay. Vince, last oh, one. Okay. Okay. DC around that time. DC around that time. I always said Peter David, didn't I? Yeah. 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 Um, oh, oh, God. Um, 2008. Uh, I would say they're I, mostly I, Marvel. All right. Mostly uh, Marvel I'm just going to take a punt. No, it can't be. No. Oh, fuck it. I'll just give it a shot. Uh, Kieran Gillen? No. Uh, one more from you, Dan. Come on, boy. Come on, you can do it. Man, fuck me. I'm completely blanking. Uh, Come on. 2000. 2008. I'm trying to remember that, you see. Joss Whedon. 
Yay! Yes. Number three. <laughs> fucking got on the fucking board at last. Got on the board last, yeah. So let me read them out. So number one was Bendis. Number two is Grant Morrison. Oh. So we just had Final Crisis, Batman, Final Crisis, Submit. Um, oh. Joss Whedon, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel after the Fall. Jeff Johns, oh. Final Crisis, yeah, Rage of the Red yeah. Lanterns, Legion of Three Worlds. Jeff Loeb. Um, which course, is a bit, yeah, okay. a bit, I'm not sure about that one. Captain America White. Hulk, Ultimate Hulk Annual. I'm going to say, mm. so, I'm going to say something uh, maybe controversial no, to some them. people. Go on. I've never been fussed about Jeff Loeb's writing. Who who okay. did Jeff Loeb run a comic company with? Didn't he do Seagull and all those ones? So a comic company. Uh, I can't remember the name of the fucking Mark, title. That Mark Wade. Extreme. He ran Extreme with Rob. Really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, number six. Lame, lame to fame. <laughs> yeah. Number six was Mark Miller. Um, number seven. So he had Wolverine, Fantastic Four, Marvel, nineteen eighty-five, Kick-Ass. Ed Brewker, Brew Baker at number seven, oh. America, Criminal, Daredevil, Warren Ellis at number eight, Astonishing oh. X Men, Anna Mercury, Doctor Sleepless, nine, Matt Fraction, he was doing Invincible Iron Man, Uncanny X Men, and Punisher War Journal at the time. And then the tenth was, I think, a surprise, Greg Pak, who oh. was doing Scar, okay. Son of Hulk, and the Incredible Hercules. He had a, he had a big mm. run on Hulk though, didn't he? Greg yeah, Pack, he had Planet right? Hulk, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Okay. Warren Ellis, right. thing happened to him recently. Huh? Oh, I don't know where Josh him. Whedon's gone these days. We are yeah. obviously being satirical. Yeah. <laughs> All the opinions expressed. Yeah, for yes, yes. Humorous purposes. Don't take anything we say yeah. as fact because it's all bollocks, basically. Yeah. Others' misery is our humour. <laughs> Others' <What>? misery. Yeah. <laughs> I've never read that one, boy. That's good. Yeah. Right, let's do artists now. So allow me to say that two people in this list have died recently. There's a little, little um, oh, fuck. clue for okay. you. Um, we haven't interviewed any of them. Um, that leaves the field wide open, though. I've met one of them recently. Right. There you go. Some Two little clues for you there. Dan, so you start, Dan's going to start this yeah. one. I would go for an... I think it's going to be an easy one. Jim Lee. Um, no. No. Oh, fucking hell. John Romita Jr. Yes, he's the one I met. So that's the clue. He's at number 10. Okay. Fuck me. Um, was he only um, doing kick ass around that start time? Amazing Spider Man and Kick Ass. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, right, okay. okay. Uh, Greg Rucker. Greg Rucker's not an artist. <laughs> Dan's having a bad day. Come on, yeah, Dan. he's come on, Dan. Around, come on. I believe in you. Uh, what's yeah. Dan Jurgens? Dan Jurgens. No, sorry. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Eric Larson. No, come on, guys, concentrate on what was happening at the time. We've just had talk about Final Crisis. We've had talk about Captain America. We've had talk about the X Men Secret Invasion. We've had all that talk. Now we're trying to work out who the hot artists are at the time. Oh fuck! What's the guy uh, who did Secret Invasion? The art on it. Come on, you know this one. Oh man, I've got uh... you. You know this one, Dan. You know oh, this one. I'm trying to fucking pull the info from my head, Dan. You, you know this one. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Lennel, you. Yay! <laughs> fucking what? You what? What are you talking about? <laughs> that, that is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. Okay, Vince, come on. 
Uh, I did pick one, but I think that's too. I think it's it's too early. Don't for forget that. the clues I gave you. Two of them are diaries, I... so you got that clue. Oh, uh, fucking... yeah, one of them, we one of them is a proper baller all over Instagram, always with the chick on his arm. We know him. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Frank Cho. Frank Cho. Good. Yeah, D man. Uh, what number is Frank Cho? Five. Was it? He was doing a bunch of Marvel stuff at that time as well, wasn't he? He was doing some Hulk at the time, and he did that Avengers series, didn't he? Was it mm. Marvel Avengers? I think mm. I can't remember now. Yeah. Yeah. With Bendis. Uh, man, I'm fucking striking out here. I can't fucking think. Uh, <laughs> you jonesing? <laughs> I'll go Greg Capello. No. No. Okay. It's not I've bad to have that on, one. I've yeah, New Fifty Two was around this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, two years later, I think New Fifty Two uh, was. Is that right? <clears throat> um. And let's go have one more chance each. So come on, V. Um, between the two. One's a favourite of yours. One is an absolute favourite of yours. Fuck, you got one. <laughs> One's an absolute favourite of mine. Oh, fuck. Uh, Alan Davis? No. Damn it! Uh, that was... Uh, right. I'll tell you what. I've <laughs> George got, I've Lopez? Written... No. Okay. I just want to keep going. Hold on. Um, go on, go have one more. Come on, then. Um... It might be, I don't want to put a sort of hitch into what's happening, so go on. Oh, uh, Brian Hitch. Yay! Yay. Yeah. All right, all right, okay. Was Stuart Immonen on, on that list? He's not. Do you know anyone who's um who's, who does who does art, Dan? Anyone art? Art Dilbert, whatever his name is. Come and recent. Is that his he Is it Thibert, Thibert, wasn't it? Thibert. Yeah. No, not him. No. No. Art. Garth Arthur Adams. Yay! Um, oh, Arthur Adams is in there, man. Yeah. He should Great. be on the list all the time. What, what was he doing around that, this time? He was doing some Hulk, according to this, at the time. Ah, wow. okay. Shall I read you the list? Yeah. yeah. Number one, Lanil Yu. Yes. Number two, JG Jones doing Final Crisis. Okay. Number three, you'll kick yourselves, Ed McGuinness. Oh Number God, four, that was one I was going to fucking say because he's one of my favourites. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. 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 Number four, Brian Hitch. Number yeah. five, Frank Cho. Number six, Art Adams. Number seven, Tim Sale. We lost him recently, didn't we? Uh, oh, fuck. Um, number five, number eight, Gary Frank. Yeah. Um, wow. Who just did that cover for a comic I read this morning, um, Sergeant Rock versus the um, the Evil Dead, or whatever it's called. Yeah, I love um, to hear what you t- think about that, T. Drawn by, uh, written by Bruce Campbell. Yeah. A bit mad. Um, number nine, George Perez. Um, and number 10, John Romita Jr. There you go. There you wow. go. Yeah. The hot list. That's got school. You got taken to school there. It's yeah. a funny one, isn't it? Because it was always sort of fairly one-sided about certain characters, wasn't it? Image they not image wizard. They sort of played their favourites, didn't they? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, like, like it was when, definitely what they got access to was the best. If you know what yeah. I mean. When I when I was reading it, sort of like um, late nineties, early two thousands kind of thing. There was you know it was always the same. You know yeah. when when they were on that real image is amazing. We love Spawn. That yeah. kind of that was just yeah. locked in there all the time, man. Um, I think I was on that hype train because they put me on that hype train. You know what yeah. I mean? With sport, yeah, it's like image sport. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always remember they did those photo comics, and there's one where like they went to the beach, and there was like a guy standing in his swimming trunks. He had like a hairy uh, belly button, and the, one of the female staff was looking at, it and the speech, the thought bloom was, "I'll be seeing that in my nightmares." <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I've told you about that seaweed thing I've done at the beach before, haven't I? No, I think you I might went, have, but please uh, tell me again. I, I, I went, I went on holiday um, with a girlfriend at the time, and um, 
we were on the beach and um, a lot of Italian men are quite hairy okay. in Western Italy. So I went and got a load of seaweed and stuffed it down in my trunks and it came out the bottom of my trunks, you know. And I just used to walk about with this seaweed coming out the bottom of my trunks. It's quite cool, isn't it? Why do they let you go anywhere? <laughs> no, what? No, no, no. Don't encourage him. It's just... Why do they let you go anywhere? <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> anyway, do we have any shout-outs this week, gents? Yes. We do. <laughs> Um, so a couple of Kickstarters. Firstly, Pre-Mortis, The H-Files, uh, the new horror comic from the Art92 Art Collective, especially Helena, um, which the Art92 is Helena and Damien. They're look, they're, um, it's on Kickstarter at the moment. I've backed it. It looks good. It's a good one. Another one of theirs. They're yep. putting the books out at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yes. Workhorses. Um, remember, do you remember that erotic comic I spoke about, Asteroid Belters? Remember mine? Uh, yes. And I showed you. I got it super prompt. I've got to tell you, they know how to do it. It came through straight away. It's really good. And the sequel is now on Kickstarter. It's called, get this, Asteroid, double S, Asteroid Belters Battle Beyond the Bras. And it's going to be great. And it's, um, it's. I think, I get the impression it's more sort of comics this time around, but with all the sort of sauciness that came with the last one, which I can't, I remember showing it on the, um, on, the ba- on the drink how, and draw. How can you battle beyond a bra? I if it's got Sybil Danning, I don't care. I'm going to say yeah. anything. Um, next one, a couple of sort of personal ones. Fur to, um, it's, it's going to be on sale for probably about another day before we pause sales because I'm off to NYCC. Um, so thanks to everyone who's grabbed a copy so far. If you want, if you hear this, you might get a chance to back it or go buy a copy. It's tributepress.co.uk and we've got some stuff on there. So I've got that. this tea, but I've not had a chance to read it yet. That's right, baby cakes. Um, on the that. subject of tribute, we're very pleased to announce we've got a new writer coming on board. Um, so the tribute press um, world is growing, and we've got a, a writer who uses the pen name Wendell Bullbag. He's come on board, um, and we'll have some new comics out in Nottingham from him. Fingers crossed. We're looking to have two. They may be may not be on sale. They may have to be requested in a special using a special code name uh, on the table. Um, but I'll, leave, I'll I'll let you know near the time for that. That's one. the best kind. Wendell yeah. Bullbag. Yeah, and the final one is a big shout out to um, DUI too, which is still it's still available. People uh, sales have slowed down a bit, and I know there's some of you who haven't got a copy, so go and get a copy. It's duicomic.bigcartel.com, and it does go to the right place. And we're talking about earlier with um, Randy, weren't we, about charities and stuff? This goes to Cancer Research UK. Money from each purchase, if you buy a digital copy, the three pounds you'll pay for that goes just goes straight to them. Brilliant. So we'll send it straight, or Eamon will send it straight off. So get yourself a copy. It reminds you, duicomic.bigcartel.com. It's well worth it. There you go. Nice. Miles. Right, I've got uh, Nephilim versus Demons, Faith in Faith Healers graphic novel, Dark Fantasy Horror graphic novel, where half-angel Nephilim work to protect their kind from demonic threats uh, from Hellbound Media. That does need a little bit of help. So if you're thinking about backing that, uh, get in quick. Uh, they've done so many Kickstarter campaigns. You're going to get your book uh, well worth putting some money into that. Uh, we've got now that's what I call turning tricks issue three, a comic about a perpetually thirsty waitress and her quest to get laid in a galaxy on the brink of war. What headline That's a good one. So go check that out. Uh, that's smashed through its goal and it's still got another two weeks left to run. Uh, and finally the, the comic uh, our guest is currently uh, putting on Kickstarter. This uh, bullet adventures issue one, a 24 page comic Time travel and super rocks. The return of the Silver Age speedster that fans have been begging for. Getting on the ground floor of this brand new continuing series. I'd highly recommend doing so. It's a, it's a really fun comic. 
Uh, and, and finally, I've managed to decide on the, the naming reconvention for Viper Soviet Strike. It's now going to be uh, Crimson Dawn, Viper Crimson Dawn, which okay. sort of, uh, invokes the classic Patrick Swayze film, uh, Ghost. and and the classic Dolph Lundgren film uh, Dark Angel anyway right um, if you know the two films we're talking about well done you Um, anyway (laughs) um, I just got one shout out 22nd of this month October is uh, BAM Uh, it's a comics art and zine fair Taking place in the Comedia yes. in Bath um, from a three till. El- hang on, what's that? No, it's 11 till three. God, bloody hell, yeah. that would have been crazy, otherwise. But um, that's a hell of a day. That's a hell of a day. Um, no, in the Comedia in Bath, it's going to be a, a group of fantastic different creators are going to be there, uh, as well as uh, me and Tony are going to be there. Yeah. Um, if you want to find out more, uh, it's free entry to come in. And uh, it's just going to be a great sort of social scene, I think, as well. So you can, um, it's on uh, Facebook at Bam Comic Zine Art Fair, Twitter under uh, Bam underscore Fair, Instagram Bam underscore Comic Zine Art Fair. Cool. When you're trying to say it over and over again, it's the right math on it. <laughs> um, it's got a lovely, bright, colourful poster, which is uh, one of the more recent art things I've done. And uh, yeah, we'd like to see you Big there. Big eyeball. Big eyeball. If if in doubt, just draw something like that. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. So yeah, we'd love to see you there. So okay, from all of that goodness to more other goodness, uh, the recommendations. What have we got this mm-hmm. week, Gats? I've got two again. You've always I've got just two. got the one. I know. Okay. So do you mind to start with one? one? Yeah, go. For yes. It. Okay. Um, one of the what? Um, <laughs> after the Robot Apocalypse issue one, published by One Eight Two Comics, created by SP Zero, aka as I understand it from the back matter, a man called Keith. Um, it's edited um, by Carolyn Hopewell and Gemma and Nick Borry. Um, Sarah pointed this out to me uh, that I was on Kickstarter, and I've had real fun with it. It's been a really fun book to read. Um, it reminded me that some of something that came out maybe in the sort of early eighties indie comics explosion, something like that. Something that maybe someone like Mirage would have put out. Um, maybe it would have been a backup in something like Gizmo or something like that, you know? Um, I would think if you if it was going to be released from a current company, it might be Alterner or Antarctic Press or something like that, put out. So indie, it's got a sort of underground but cool feel to it. It's the sole work of a man called SP Zero, who is also a street artist. Um, in the back of the comic, you see some of the walls he's painted. And a lot of the street art that he was doing was an inspiration for the story beats that turn up in the series. Um, also, one of the, he talks about in the back matter, one of the origins for it was the song, Manic Street Preacher song, Motorcycle Emptiness. Um, and that's how the story opens. It opens with a dude on a bike, old school sort of motorbike, um, with a samurai sword sticking out the back of his backpack on the bike. So already you're in a sort of cool area, aren't you? And he, he, the, um, the the box tells you it's 57 years after the robot apocalypse. Chris Swift is his character, and he's wondering if he's now the only human left. Um, but he, bump, he bumps into a tiger, um, two female survivors, and a massive killer robot in that, that order. Um, the middle section of the book is a really well-handled chase sequence and battle sequence where he goes across this, you know, in the future, cities are cities, but they're all overgrown, aren't they? That's what nature's began to reclaim it. It's mm. a bit like that. And that people die, people live, people get away, people don't get away. And 
it ends up with a bit of a right turn at the end of the story. There's nothing in here that isn't already an existing trope within Apocalypse books, you know, um, especially the ending. You're, you're introduced to something you think, oh, I've maybe seen that before. But it's done in a in such a cool and fun way. You can it's completely in its you know it's completely excusable because it, it it's got a real style and a flair to it. Um, there's genuine energy to the what he brings to it, and um, the the characters. I don't know. It's hard to point. I'm 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 not, I'm not a knowledgeable person on street art in the slightest. I suppose the only exposure we've had to, or certainly I've had to it, is chatting to Sarah and her partner. You know. Yeah. Um, but the I'd expected it to be a bit more chaotic when she said it was a street art thing, but it's actually quite clean line. This there's a real um, lovely. He knows how to draw stuff, and the characters that really sit 3D like up off the page. Um, everyone is very distinctive. Not everyone's a person. I won't spoil anything, but. You've got these killer robots and you've also got something else that's going on um in where he ends up later on it the evil robot overlords um are very um because this is it's great isn't it we see so many from people who all they do is live in comics we see so many things familiar things repeated don't we i mean how many times have we got to see like you said earlier the um someone's parents get killed so they become a dark yeah. avenger or you know yeah. the dark phoenix is played out again or you know these sort of things we see it over and over again but because he comes from a different world the design styles are different and these robots these attacker robots are not like anything you see in comics at the moment you're going to say okay. something? yeah they they're doing like the age of you know like age of apocalypse but the age of sinister where it's yeah. x-men and it's like i know you kind of done this before yawn but... yeah yeah um but this is this is something fresh um it's very individual um there's um we don't you you don't see any origins of everything and i kind of like that i'm tired of seeing the origin story of stuff so the there's been a robot apocalypse but it's never explained and why would it need to be it's 57 years in the future this yeah i fucking know what happened um some great special effects he uses so when you you imagine a lot of street art this is me speaking as a complete idiot um, a lot of street art seems to be words, you know? Is that right? You know? Um, yeah, like kind of like, uh, I, I don't know the, the way, I don't, I don't know the terminology, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like an, a, a special effects, SFX kind of, you know, word, you know, boom or whatever mm. it's going to be. And he makes big use of that. And I think that works really well in the way this action story runs. Um, there's a couple of moments in it I felt like the words could have done with maybe a reread. There's, a, there's, a, there's certainly one repetition of something. And there's a, an overlapping um box thing that goes on it i'm not sure exactly works but i see what he's going for and i think you know let's try for stuff i don't see why you shouldn't do um the copyright blurb made me laugh it said published randomly when i get a chance to finish an issue um and it does certainly leave you with some more more stuff to come he also sticks in some fake adverts which made me giggle so it's broken up a little bit by these sort of posters and also coming allegedly if you believe this advert i don't know whether you would allegedly coming from 182 comics is fancy rock and it's a picture of a rock near a bridge which made me laugh um so he's got he's got a real sense of humor and there's a couple it's not the, the back matter isn't sometimes i think back matter is okay and sometimes i think don't overdo it mate i don't want to see how the, the you know this is particularly you know the cookies made sort of thing but yeah, yeah. there's enough in here that find that you find it interesting and you do see the origins of a lot of the designs and the tiger appears in it and stuff like that and he's i'm not a huge fan of street art to be fair but this is pretty fucking impressive what he's got here um and there's a sort of picture of him from distance so although i suspect that some these shadowy characters who do street art sp0 probably isn't someone who um you know is immediately someone that we'd know but yeah it's very good uh it's called after the robot apocalypse issue one 
and I got mine from Kickstarter. There you go. That's the first one. Nice. Nice one. Dan, what have you got? Uh, my comic is from a chap called uh, Oscar Celestini. Uh, he's on Twitter. I followed him for for a little while now. Uh, he's a, I think he's either a French or Spanish creator, and he's put these comics out called The White Lion, and uh, they've literally just been translated into English. And I, I paid. Oh, these are good, man. Yeah, yeah. Eight eight dollars, and I've got the first ten issues. And I just took a look on his timeline, and like, there's another ten that he's got, but they just haven't been translated yet. So that fucking is brilliant. Uh, how can how to describe this? It's it's kind of like uh, He Man, but kind of with adult elements. It's not adult adult. It's a very kind of fun sword and sorcery. This feel like they're like He Man figures coming to life and and having these wacky adventures on the comic. And there's the the the, the main character I think is Sodor is uh, wronged and he's like a man on. Uh, a mission sota sorry he's on a man on a mission to kind of uh bring back his kingdom he's he's the white lion and there was like several lions in the kingdom all with a different color and throughout the the 10 issues he goes about trying to get them all back from their various curses and and uh, imprisonment and go up against one of their former number who's the red lion who's now turned evil and taken over the entire kingdom as his kind of like ruler and it's this big long quest-like story of him going off to do it and like uh, the bullet adventures it's very wholesome in in certain ways like the main the good guys are good guys and the bad guys are bad guys and uh it, it's just really fun i was just, i just fucking blazed yeah them. i read a couple man they were really yeah. good yeah really really fun uh, uh they're, they're a little bit fucking saucy at sometimes like it comes it cuts to like characters being uh <coughs> excuse me Got, uh, tied up and they've got no clothes on but there's like vines strategically covering uh, the, the naughty bits as it were but uh, generally yes yeah, it's, it's a really fun book I, I'd, I'd highly recommend uh, checking it out cool. so you'd have to go to his uh, Twitter to get it uh, so that's Oscar, Celest- Oscar Celestini uh, so at Oscar Celestini C-E-L-E-S-T-I-N-I uh, go check it out and you can buy all those comics for $8 Nice, nice. Um, a quick one from me, just to reiterate. It's almost an echo of a um, recommendation that I had, Mary, probably less than a month ago, actually. Um, I had some days off, went out, went to a bookstore, and picked up volume one of Rooster Fighter. And I cannot recommend Rooster Fighter enough to anyone, oh, nice. anyone, yeah, and yeah. everyone. Um, I've bought this for my son. Everything, yeah, yeah, needs to read. I did warn this. you, yeah. Um, it's just amazing. I think. Um, also, I had a chance to sort of like because when I raved about it last time, I just what I just read a basically a couple a couple of issues of digital translation. This is the proper translation. Get the book. It's um from Viz Media. It's not much at all. Nine ninety nine in the UK. Find it in all, all good bookstores. They only had one copy in the Waterstones I was in. I reckon this is going to be one of those mangas that sells out. Yes, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think it is, and, and deservedly so. Because, I mean, once you get past the fact that it's um, it's a cockerel fighting demons, um, <laughs> l- like a human being, you know, that's just that's just amazing. But when you when you actually read it, it just makes sense. It's glorious to look at. The action is some of the best fight scenes you'll see anywhere um there's crazy de- 
demonic designs there's character moments and each of the volumes sort of furthers the story a little bit but can just be you can just read a volume and then just put it down you know i mean i whizzed through this this whole book it's it's a fairly quick read as well i think this is a when people say what's a good book to introduce people to the to this form of reading you know yeah, um, one, man- manga i think this one is a good one because not only is it it's fun it's quick to read um because i haven't read many books from the right to left do you know what i mean that sort of that many yes, that sort of yeah, format I mean. yeah. and it's a good one because of the, the way this book is laid out it's easy for your brain to sort of pick up on it because some sort of manga can be and amazing stories but quite dense and like lots of dialogue or things going on and you're not quite sure this one's easy so easy to follow um but he's doing lots of uh uh shu sakuratani i've messed that up but um absolute <laughs> genius creator uh but having the book what one thing i did like is at the back of the book the chapter titles in rooster fighter are derived from japanese proverbs that reference birds oh right anyway. Um, so there's five stories within the first volume. There's the bird who fights demons, death from a bird, the homesick bird, the bird and the sea turtle, and a bird leaves the nest. And it actually tells you what the actual proverb is for each of these. Um, the bird and the sea turtle, a proverb describing a cornered individual who has no chance of escape and must ask for help. The proverb invokes the image of a cornered bird jumping into the arms of a human being. I mentioned that one because the bird in the sea turtle might be my favourite story in all of it. It is literally a rooster fighter meeting a sea turtle on a beach and they have a fight like it's street They're fighter. not meant to get on, are they? They're not meant to get on, but then um, they kick each other's asses and eventually help out. But, you know, they come together. It's, it's the Iron Man and, and Thor fight. Uh, from it would have been different if it had happened in the sea. Yeah, um, but... But it sort of culminates in some amazing action and one panel um, that I think I want on a T-shirt. And, Tony, it's the panel of... Because you've read all of this, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. The panel of the rooster riding on the turtle's back like a jet ski through the water. <laughs> that would be an amazing print yeah. on a T-shirt. There's so, actually, you could pick loads of different panels from, from this I wonder book. if there are any T-shirts in like Red Bubble or something for them. Oh, there there yeah. should be, because this thing's going to be fucking huge. Bootleg one. I know that's yeah. Uh, yeah. morally How, and ethically How wrong. dare you? <laughs> um, but right now, just get your, hands on the, get your hands on the book, because yeah, I absolutely adore it. It's going to be one of my favourites. We've started sort of... Um, rumblings mumblings talking about what will be some of our picks of the year when we get to that stage of the show and don't be surprised if you hear me almost, talk about... it, almost time for that don't be yeah. surprised if you hear me talk about rooster fighter again it will happen because i love this series and i think by the end of the year i think there might be another volume out yeah they're threatening and this one was a bit delayed wasn't it yeah they're threatening. there's another one yeah, yeah i think there might be one end of october maybe who knows but definitely get on it and that's my one tony uh, last one, Old Man Grey by Stephen Ingram. Um, Stephen Ingram dot art. Um, recent guest of ours, um, mm-hmm. buddy of the show. Um, I'll read the blurb from the back. Uh, Taylor Kite is a '60s folk musician. On his way to a gig with his new duo, A Field of Kites, he crashes his car in the middle of nowhere whilst trying to avoid a badger. Uh, needing help to recover his car, he accepts help from a strange local girl from the village over the hill who happens to be nearby. This name may not be the smartest of choices. Uh, yeah, it's not. It doesn't turn out well. Um, 
it's um i backed it on kickstarter I, I, to be fair it did come out on the patreon but i thought this is going to come out in a physical copy on a double dip on it so i did it has that sort of quiet pensive simplicity um that um that Stephen does so well but it's got that sort of bigger and, and creep this one has a creepier overtone to it you know floating just above the story always present which is a good thing for we've read a lot of folk horror recently i certainly have and that's a good thing you've got that sort of ever present feeling of dread something strange is happening kind of thing going on there it's black and white um very it's eminently readable and, and very clear as usual with Stephen's stuff um maybe it's because i, I know steve and um I know he's from north of the border, you know, um, that I kind of visualise it being this countryside town in Scotland um, that's sort of remote, you know. I think Scotland does that better than we do, doesn't it? It has these sort of remote villages. It's much bigger and, you know, there's much more countryside up there seemingly in my head. Um, and then you add into the mix this sort of folk horror creeping thing that happens along with it. Um, and it's only a short story. It's not a long read. It's sort of slightly smaller than American comic size, and I don't know how many pages it is, maybe sort of 30 odd pages, something like that. Um, on the cover, you get, I don't know if you've seen the cover to this, guys, have you? Have you seen the no. cover to this? It's got, yeah, I think I have. A badger looking at the badger looking at the reader, and then three sort of, of course, villages. yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their eyes, you know, the way the badger has sort of black, black stripes over its eyes in its, mm. you know, pelt. These three people have got that over their eyes, and it's something I've not seen before. I think that seems to be. A cool design but nothing i've seen like that before. no yeah um it's hard to talk about because there's a twist in it it's like a tales of the unexpected story but maybe twisted into something that perhaps is done by someone like ben wheatley okay. it's got that yeah, feel yeah, to yeah. it um i'll give it high marks um if you go to stephen ingram art on twitter instagram and facebook you can find him stephen ingram dot art is his website there's also a <laughs> there's a bio in the of, of the band that features in the comic a field of kites in the back and it's written by a guy called martin moon and it appeared in mono sounds magazine december 1985 and i'll leave you to decide if that's genuine or not <laughs> but i know there is certainly one of the three of us who looked it up on spotify to see if it was that's how well it's done um yeah so have a, have a go at this always go and look at stuff that stephen does i'm, I'm a big fan of his stuff it's there's a quiet um skill to his art you know it's it's um he's like an indie scott mcleod almost there's a simplicity to his work but it holds it holds great effect which is really good so yeah that's my second one there you go nice nice Brilliant. plenty of comics for you to go and check out this week check out all that list the comics from our um guest this week and more and we'd really appreciate you listening to the show as always um well i think we're um we went highbrow, we went lowbrow, we we went monobrow. We were all the brows this week. Yeah. Um, but as always, we didn't go no brow. <laughs> <laughs> we've done that in the past. Um, but we hope you have enjoyed the show and what we've talked about. If there's anything you want us to discuss further, or perhaps you've got some comic endeavours, or you know charity um, fundraising events, or anything like that that you want us to shout out in the show, please do let us know. There's several different ways you can get in touch with us. You can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail dot com. Follow us on social media. On Twitter is at the Awesome Pod. If you do the Book of Faces, it's Facebook.com/slash/AwesomeComicsPodcast. There's a community group, Awesome Comics Talk, on the Facebook, as well as we've got our own Slack channel group. No, it's a group that has channels in it. I always get mixed That's up. It. There. That's it. New Fangled Technologies. I forgot about the shout. The in the shout section, we're doing a Halloween draw off, aren't we? 
Oh yeah, I'm, putting together. I'm, I'm down to do that. I'm going to do one. So you, you put your name in. Uh, I'm going to mix all the names up, and you're going to be given a Halloween drawing to do for the big day. So nice. Get involved. My do hang on lit- to it. Don't post it up immediately. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, My drawing will literally be your worst nightmare. That's <laughs> there you go. Um, so awesome comics podcast on Slack. Get in touch with us, and we'll we'll add you to the group, and you can yeah. just yeah. Wonderful community of of creative and wonderful people on there such as you wonderful people out there listening to this show and thank you very much whether you listen to us on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on apple Podcasts, subscribe and leave a review helps get the word out about the show and everything we talk about on a weekly basis um i'm trying to figure out algorithms but i can't get my head around it who knows what who knows what an algorithm is is it a dancer who knows <laughs> um, we're also on other networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife. What are the networks are you on, Tony? We're on Pod. Timothy Leary, check out this theory. He sold acid for the FBI. Well, he weren't no website wonder. The guru just went under. You can keep your California sunshine. And I just left a little pause yeah. there because we know what he's doing now. So you can edit <laughs> that together with a backing track. <laughs> well, if you can tell me where that, that if you can tell me where that comes from, first person past the post, tell me where that lyric comes from. Uh, I'll send him a prize. I certainly can't. Yeah. Um, he, he, I think he told us last week, and I completely forgot it. No, I didn't know it's a different song. Ah, uh, there you go. What? Yeah. <laughs> I brought to your world, Vince. I thought you were doing <laughs> the same song. <laughs> we thought we were doing One Week by Bare Naked Ladies, who, incidentally, Pete, Pete C. Watson tells me, is that dude who sings in that band, when they played Glasgow, he's a big comic fan, and he came in and bought a load of comics off Pete, and then Pete then went and saw the gig that night. How cool is that? It's a small world. What, just, did, what did he give him tickets to? I think he did. Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's that is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, what a dude. Yeah. One Bare Naked Ladies. He's only called hand. his band Bare Naked Ladies, which is something we are big fans of. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's a massive fan of Bare Naked Ladies. Totally. Yeah. Um, Why does the, oh, the, the bear qualify after being there? If it's just Naked Ladies. Well, yeah, that's a good point, yeah, actually. Yeah, but it's B A R E, isn't it? I mean, why? Not bears, are they? Yeah, but yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, bare naked. <laughs> what's the difference between being bare naked and being naked? Naked ladies. Yeah, maybe there's another band called Naked yeah. Ladies. They sound oh. like a hair metal band, don't they, or something like that? Oh, I'll, I'll put it to the HR department. <laughs> Please, the do. ACP HR department. God, They're very God. busy. Yeah. They're very busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's just three people who shot themselves in the head a long time ago, <laughs> yeah. and we're just ignoring the smell, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tony's been wanking into a sock again. Oh, yeah. again. oh god! I'm about to say they're kind of like absolutely frantic, playing defensive. <laughs> Phone constantly ringing the office. Just don't, they just never answer the phone. <laughs> Glance at a monitor behind you, and now the, the emails just going up. Complaints. <laughs> I mean, it would be like the IT department for a fucking Jurassic Park, wouldn't it? They'd be like, oh god, it's all going wrong. We're trending again. Tony said wanking into a sock again. We will <laughs> we will never be trendy. That's true. Although, speaking yeah. of um, doing those things, Tony, where can people find you online, etc.? Uh, never on anything.com, or if you are at the New York Comic Con, message me somehow, and I'll meet you. There you go. That, sound, that sounds like a wonderful promise, or a bit of a threat. I'm not quite sure. Or something quite sexy. <laughs> All of the above, which also applies to Dan Butcher. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard, Vanguard Comic and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. Brilliant. Yeah, he's still got it. Up, yeah. no, 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 no. Check if, out this theory. Yeah. 
<laughs> you can find me on social media at Jester Diablo, where I'm probably going to um, try and fail doing my own weird Inktober this, this year. And what's the record for you? How many have you done before? I, I've never tried an Inktober because I usually get it three days in and then like one day I miss it. And just well, that's go, it. I think if you get over three days, what's, you're what's, what's success, the point? You? Yeah, yeah. It's like starting a diet and then like third day you have a packet Chris and just think what's the point I'll start again on Monday oh, I'm so you, down. but you can't do that on Inktober <laughs> but anyway if you want to find out what I'll be drawing then uh, go on my social media because I'm yeah I will be doing bad renditions of classic horror actors all month who's that blonde girl you like um, she's in the new puppet master isn't she what's her name oh Barbara Crampton yeah, she's doing one of them. Uh, yeah, she's on the list. She's a oh, fucking cool. legend. She's an absolute ledge. Yeah. Reanimator Re- 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 from Beyond. Lovely yeah. person. Wonderful. I kind of felt so sorry for him, Reanimator, but she's absolutely in control of that scene. She's fine. <laughs> yeah. And they cut yeah. it just at the right point. Yeah. She's in that really rough Puppet Master one. You know, the one that just fucking. Yeah. Hell, what have they done? She's in that. She plays like the security guard, security. tour guide kind of person in that. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. that one, the mall where the fucking chopping mall. Oh, she's in that. that. Is she? Yeah. I like that film. Yeah, yeah. 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 she's yeah. in that. Um, and and a, and a really good uh, sort of indie movie called Jacob's Wife. Okay, yeah. you haven't seen that. We're gonna have to do a wife and a horror. We're gonna we'll, we'll be busting out the horror yeah. soon because we're getting. I'm reading some horror comics. That's why I read that um, um, Sergeant Rock comic. Ah, uh, there you go. Because it also yeah. goes in with my challenge, isn't it? We've got to get done by the 11th of November. We're going to read things, aren't we? Yes, I've got mine i've bought mine and i don't know where i fucking put it so i better dig that out right anyway while we figure out what on earth we're doing in this world thank you very much for listening everyone um wherever you are in the world we hope you're happy healthy doing well staying positive and because we love you very much i know i do i really love you and dan do you love them yeah yeah yeah, of course do yeah tony fuck no (laughs) um (laughs) well there you go two out of three ain't bad is it I need Tony Fence sitting again. Yeah. <laughs> See, me and me and me and Dan will do anything for love. Tony won't do that. Yeah, I um, won't do that. <laughs> I won't take it out of Gary Glitter. <laughs> Bad reference. But thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> Have a brilliant week. Re- read loads of comics. Make loads of comics. I'm about to. Get, take these guys to HR right now and see if they're actually still alive in that office. Walking you there now. But until until then, get, come on. Come on, get out of that chair. I'm taking you there now. Read loads of comics, Will make loads of comics. Come here with me. And not at the same time. And as always, <laughs> what should they do, guys? Stay, Stay awesome. awesome. We came together there. Yeah. Not the first time. Bye, everyone. See you later. Bye.